Hi, everyone, and welcome to Campground Confidential, a podcast about starting, running, and growing your campground business. I'm Stephanie Puglisi. On each podcast episode, we'll talk to campground owners and other experts in the outdoor hospitality industry. We'll hear stories about what it's really like to own a campground, the good, the bad, and the ugly. From Park Vendor Review, this is Campground Confidential. Hello and welcome to Campground Confidential by Park Vendor Review. My guest today is Ali Rasmussen, CEO and Creative Director of Spacious Skies Campgrounds, a dynamic collection of 15 campgrounds from Maine to Georgia, unified by a cosmic night sky theme. Ali leverages her storytelling prowess and entrepreneurship focused education to enrich the Spacious Skies brand and foster a corporate culture of collaboration and experimentation. I've been watching the Spacious Skies campground brand over the last couple of years, interested in both their growth trajectory, but also their campground value proposition, which strikes me as unique for some of the reasons that we're going to discuss today. Welcome to Campground Confidential, Allie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited that you agreed to come on in the early days of this show. So we're, you know, just kind of like throwing you out there and you haven't really gotten a chance to listen to too many episodes and you don't really know what's happening, but we're going to get through this and it's going to be great. (laughs) I'm familiar with sort of jumping right in. So yes, exactly. (laughs) And I knew my people that I could get to jump right in based on what I've seen you do in the campground space. So welcome to the show. And we are going to start off with the nitty gritty for our listeners. Now, some people might be more familiar with your brand because they were at the Arvik slash Ojai convention this past fall. They may have seen you up on stage in the panel and kind of introducing your brand to the collective crowd there. But for those folks uh, listening who haven't heard of Spacious Guys Campgrounds yet, tell us what where these campgrounds are, how big they are, who's coming to them. Just give us the nitty gritty. Yes. So Spacious Skies Campgrounds is a collection of 15 campgrounds from Maine to Georgia. We're in 11 states so far. And on average, the number of sites um, ranges from uh, our smallest is around 60 sites and our largest is uh, around 200 sites. So we're right in that sweet spot. Um, it's, you know, not too big, not too small. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, also uh, are all of our properties are really um, nature focused and and really close to the the great outdoors feeling that you you know and love when you think about camping. Um, so uh, in general, our campgrounds are um, you know n- not they are campgrounds. They are not camping resorts or resorts. Um, so we are really intentional intentional about occupying that space. We are campgrounds. Um, so we have. Two in Maine, Spacious Skies Balsam Woods is in central Maine, really close to the Dark Sky National Park. Um, up there, it has a direct trail access to over a thousand miles of ATV trails. So if you both or individually like the dark sky and sort of like astro, astro tourism or ATVing, 
that is the campground for you. That's that's quite a niche crossover, (laughs) Allie. I wonder how many of your guests will fit into that unique Venn diagram. (laughs) You know, and that's why I say like, you like one, you like both. Um, And it's just, it's a beautiful campground. It's, I mean, it's Maine. It's really just what you think of. Our other campground in Maine is Spacious Skies Walnut Grove. It's a little bit inland from the the southern coast of Maine, those coastal towns. Um, so you're not in the hustle and bustle of like Old Orchard Beach. It's it's a little bit, um, you know, more private. Um, it is a pretty close off 95, so it's easy to get to. And um, I mean, that's that's one of our more like chill environments. It's also campground number one. So. Um, that is how oh. we got, um, you know, our spacious guy's foot into the door. Um, and I actually worked that campground myself um, oh. for the first two weeks of um, campground ownership uh, by not intentionally. I'll say that, but it was a great learning experience. So it's later. probably the campground <laughs> that you feel most fondly for and also most triggered by then. Exactly. <laughs> Right. I think that, you know, most of your listeners are likely, you know, campground operators, but can you imagine operating campground um, without advance notice? Because uh, right. that's what happened to me on day one. But absolutely. Sets um, you up well for the industry, I think. Right. So that was your first one. And where's your most recent one? Our most recent one is in Savannah. So Spacious Skies, Savannah Oaks is one of our uh, largest turnarounds. So um, we are renovating the property as we speak. Um, It's still just screaming demand because Savannah is just crazy right now. People are, um, you know, they are staying no matter if we are repaving or not. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is a beautiful campground. The Spanish moss on the oaks is very, it is your backdrop. Um, We are right on the canal. So um, we have a dock uh, and you can, you can launch your boat um, right off of it. And, and if you go out far enough, you'll get to the Atlantic. So that is, um, yeah, we acquired that campground in April. And um, yeah, everything in between is... And hit the ground running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you mentioned in that introduction to campground, I said in my introduction to bringing you on the show that I had been watching Spacious Skies Campgrounds for a particular reason, right? Like as a brand, we didn't know each other. We hadn't met. Um, And the brand was very interesting to me. And you mentioned a couple of reasons why um, in your description. First of all, um, you know, in this, if we look at our trends data, it's been an arms race in the resort space, right? And most people, if you ask them, most campers, most RVers, if you ask them what's going on in the campground world, they're going to be like, campgrounds are getting bigger and crazier and more expensive and more amenities. And I don't even recognize, right? Like you get the old man shakes fistic cloud kind of response a lot, right? Like this, Mm -hmm. this isn't even camping anymore. And you know, there's a lot of different ways you can respond to that. Um, But it's interesting to me that all of a sudden I'm noticing there's these campgrounds and there's this new company and I never heard of them before. (laughs) And they seem to be very methodically, um, you know, creating or buying and opening and branding these campgrounds that are the exact kind of campground that everybody says doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very interesting to me. Um, and it turns out you, you meant to do that, huh? It, it was, 
intentional from the start. We, um, Eric and I started Spacious Skies um, after a summer, uh, summer of 2020, so heart of the pandemic, um, after getting into the lifestyle ourselves with our, our very young children at the time, our youngest was eight months old and our oldest was five, um, we bought a pandemic camper. We, uh, two days later, we, we hit the road um, with zero reservations made anywhere. We just were winging it <laughs> night wow. after night after night. Um, I don't know what that says about us. It wasn't even <laughs> like a discussion. It was just what we were suddenly doing. But every night for, I think it was a collective 30 or so nights that first camping season, we, we stayed almost at just many, as many campgrounds. Um, and we, uh, it was sort of unintentional market research. Um, we stayed at every type of campground out there, it, mom and pop, um, state park, national park, um, large, you know, REIT owned corporate, mm -hmm. uh, resorts, um, other, you know, sort of like name brand campgrounds and, and franchise campgrounds. And, um, it, it just was sort of clear to us one night, uh, literally sitting around a campfire looking up at our spacious skies spacious skies <laughs> go <right>. ahead <laughs> and um it was like a why don't we put our own spin on this our our family has benefited so greatly from this pastime and we are you know we we wanted to sort of touch as many lives as possible in that same way and the way that we like to camp is the experience that we are creating across the board. We do, we, we like this, you know, sort of focus on, on being outside and being camping, but we like the, the amenities and the creature comfort right. that like a private campground will bring. Um, we don't need uh, like a huge activity schedule, but like a nice set of like, you know, some planned offerings is, is great. So that's how we design our activities and like events right. offerings. We don't need, uh, you know, a full scale restaurant, but like a snack bar is, is nice to encounter every night. So like, that's what we design. So it's really just like our preferences. <laughs> it um, almost feels like a think. Goldilocks principle is at work here in your thinking about it, right? Like yes. you were at the state parks, you know, maybe some of the county parks, some of them were national parks that are very rustic and, right. you know, no hookups. And then, you know, it sounds like you did visit some of the larger resort kinds of right. things with the big water, even the yes. Wibbits out on the water the and the water yes. slide, the Wibbits, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, you know, my husband and I, we camp every which way. We don't yeah. say we don't like anything, but it sounds like you were like, but there's a just right for us. There and right. <laughs> and we think, I mean, it's not even think, we know because we see it in the data that that sweet spot is the sweet spot mm -hmm. for the most people in the camping customer base. We maintain an affordable rate per night. Um, we have, uh, I think 80% of our, of our collection is RV um, or tent site, but you know, we, we also have lodging. So if you are not ready to, to stay in a tent or an RV, or you just want to have that experience, we have that too. Um, we have a, a few, you know, sort of like glamping type offerings. I mean, in, in, lodging, you know, structure alone because mm -hmm. we are not glamp grounds and, you know, however you can define that, which is right. a million ways. <laughs> but, you know, we just, 
we do want to occupy like that sweet spot for the most people. So let's, we're going to, I'm going to jump you ahead and then we'll go back to the beginning even before, because as much as this is sort of maybe the origin of the thought, you're, <laughs> all the things that led you and Eric to getting to that place obviously yes. are important too. But yes. so from that moment, looking up at those spacious skies mm-hmm. to the opening of the first spacious mm-hmm. skies campground, how long of a period of time was that? That's a great question. It was <laughs> like nine or 10 months. So it you was, all get it done. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> well, I mean, I think this goes exactly to, you know, where Eric and I come from um, before Spacious Skies. So um, our it just so happens our skill set really lends itself to collaboration to create something like Spacious Skies Campgrounds. Eric's background is in real estate development. So he was in self-storage before oh, okay. campgrounds. And that it's not the first time you're going to see that transition in the space. Right. There are a lot of people, a lot of investors and, and you know, sort of like groups like that that are coming out of self-storage or diversifying their portfolio, their real estate portfolio. Um, well, stop so, right there. Let me dig into yeah. that a little bit. There's a re- My understanding is that part of the reason for that correlation is it's a, it's a similar type of business modeling, right? Where you're looking at a certain amount of square footage and you're calculating your margins from that square, like all those little pieces of square footage. Now that is, I'm layman, always admitting that, but am I right in that understanding of that business modeling being very aligned? Yes. Okay. And, (laughs) And what we have discovered is that there is so much more <laughs> to campgrounds as an investment because of the operations piece. Right. And you can't just, you know, it's not selling little boxes. Right. You know, empty boxes. <laughs> and, but people think it is. So people it's close it enough. Is. It's close enough to get folks like you interested and on that path. And That's then right. you get the surprise. <laughs> then you get the surprise. And okay. some people make it and some people don't, which is, right. I guess, with anything. Right. But that that's the surprise that you okay. encounter is that it's not just a simple real estate investment that is going to, you know, cash flow right off the bat. You, the operations with campgrounds and with outdoor hospitality is a whole different beast from other forms of hospitality anyway. Like it is right. so much more intensive and personal. And that's, you can go down that rabbit hole all day. Right. But our understanding of that for sure has contributed to us being able to grow the way that we have. And, and, and Eric, you know, in particular, his, his skill set in development beforehand is what allowed us to like acquire at the clip that we, we did. Like he right. just knows how to um, transact in a real estate environment very well. And then, you know, my background is in marketing and in um, sort of just general creativity. I was a, a voice major in undergrad. And I, I saw that an and singer. I thought, is she going to sing for us on the podcast? It wouldn't be the first time. I think that I got some free advertising out of it once when I sang for somebody from like RV Life. But um, <laughs> today. <laughs> So I'm I'm a general creative. Um, I, I went to school for music. I I switched courses at some point. And I was working in the in the the back end of, or behind the scenes in the music industry, and then I realized I I 
needed an education that wasn't like like it was like I went to Hogwarts that's a music degree in my head so I went to business school that's where Eric and I met we were both on this like sort of entrepreneurial track and knew that we would do something together we had a bunch of ideas you know along the way nothing ever really stuck until until spacious skies so that that summer where the idea was born that was when Eric started, you know, working on uh, finding brokers and, um, you know, d- d- relationship building um, in that way. And then together we were uh, business planning, trying to figure out like what, who, who our customer would be, like what our mission values were, what uh, the marketing plan was. I mean, that's, you know, my, my side of things. And so that's where we started <laughs> was with marketing and branding and acquisitions. And um, I think that we acquired um, Walnut Grove the week before uh, Memorial Day 2021. We had intended to hire a third-party management company. That's what a lot of people do who are, you know, jumping into the space in this way and intending to, like, have a Scale and grow, right. Exactly. But, and... I think that where that side of the industry is today is really different in in even just that short period of time. But because of like the explosive growth Mm -hmm. of the space during those years, that's similar to like what was happening in the third party management scene. I think that that they were growing too fast as well. Too fast, right. They were taking on jobs that they couldn't necessarily follow through on. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I, I, of course, I don't blame them for that. But but we found ourselves in a really sticky situation where, you know, we're we're at closing day with our sellers of our very first campground. Uh, It was the the most mom and pop operation of any of the 15 that we came into. Like it was just the two of them pencil and paper like writing down yeah taking checks that's right that's right Mm -hmm. where their seasonal campers were you know volunteering so right they're the way that they operated required a staff but right it wasn't showing up on any of the financial statements um so uh long story short the third party management company did not staff the campground um there was no staff to work the campground. Yes, there and- was. It was you, Allie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, listen, I thought I was showing up to this closing day for like fun. I had intended to go up to Maine, poke around at our competitors for a week, like leave Eric and the kids in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, you know, just be there to shake hands with the sellers and sort of hand it off, meet the, meet the team, meet the staff that did not materialize, did not show up. And um, I think that this is like the root of why we've had success. Like it was instantaneous where I realized what was happening and I knew that we had to save face in like the world's biggest way because we had, we had ambitions. We had four other campgrounds under contract. Like we already had you were all in on this idea we were like all yeah in every mm-hmm. bit of everything that we had we had 13 you know friends and family investing in this first campground i mean like it was 
there was no failure is not an option. Right. So I in I acted like this was all going according to plan. I am here for you to train me on your <laughs> on your campground, on your uh, life's work, because um, it's a really emotional thing to sell a campground. Yeah. And, and 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 I wanted them to feel like they were, you know, handing it over to good hands. And I, I think that they have now. But <laughs> I um, <laughs> so I was, you know, working the front desk and 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 meeting the guests and 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 greeting them and serving them and I was out on the grounds I was performing maintenance I was running the honey wagon because that campground and and so you good. probably like now I know what a honey wagon is and I was like, oh, okay <laughs> that's something that I didn't have in my brain yes. before and now I do um and now I really do yeah and um I so I, I mean I had to call Eric that day say I'm I'm not coming home I don't know when I will that was eye-opening um but I will say that there was shockingly no point um during that time where we were regretful where we you know were didn't think this was a good idea you didn't have a moment where you went like where your stomach just sank and you thought what did we get ourselves into no not that particular sentiment there was like for sure some tears and (laughs) <laughs> crazy stress and no sleeping and you know i mean i was running a, a hundred site campground by myself eric was home raising three kids and trying to figure out how to get his wife home like by himself <laughs> so there was definitely stress yeah but it also came with just like so, th- this so like super valuable learning experience that we have carried through mm-hmm. running every single spacious guys campground it we we see ourselves and 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 to 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 you know end that part of the story it ended up being two weeks that I stayed up there um and and then the management company sent somebody to work the campground it was acceptable enough I knew that like I had to leave I could not right right there, I needed you had to. three littles I mean yes they're yeah. little <laughs> they were little <laughs> little little yeah and. Yeah. And, and, but in that two week time frame, you know, I think I just mentioned that like we had 13, we hoofed it to, to raise the money to buy this little tiny yeah. campground in that same two week time frame that I was up in Maine, Eric, um, like by fate secured our first like real capital backer so that we didn't okay. have to hoof it for the rest of them. Um, and he, I mean, he got a phone call. Somebody was calling to ask for a reference from, for some guy that used to work for Eric. And, and after that hour long phone call, we had our, we had our, you know, first capital partner. Um, so that was, so that released a lot of the pressure that's for right. the, that's those right. next transactions. So it's sort of, the path wasn't clear and it suddenly became exactly clear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that takes out a lot of noise and a lot of effort. Um, and, and we could really just plug forward and, and we, that summer, we purchased French Pond in New Hampshire, Woodland Hills in New York, Minuteman in, in uh, outside of Boston, uh, Seven Maples, New Hampshire, Country Oaks, New Jersey, Shenandoah Views, Virginia. I think that's what that closed out that year. So it was a really big year. And we, after that first campground um, with that, you know, negative experience with third party management, um, we knew right away that we we had to run the campgrounds ourselves. So business plan number one failed business right. plan number two was in full reaction mode we were we did not have the business plan written out 
for operations, like for an operating platform. So we were, we, we nabbed somebody who was willing to be our, our director of operations and, and to build out the foundation of the, of the platform to hire all the, you know, first GMs to set up the accounting system, to set up the, the payroll system. Um, we had our, uh, an analyst who is now our director of finance, but like, you know, he was under Eric. So it was like a team of four that started to grow and grow. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, after that first one, which is now under Spacious Skies management, you know, now everybody is a Spacious Skies employee. Every, every, everyone who works on, on the campgrounds works for Spacious Skies. Um, and so that has lent itself to the development of the brand for sure. Right. So I want to, let's, Let's dig into that a little more. I'm going to jump ahead to that masterclass that we ask everybody to kind of come on ready to teach, you know, our other campground owners and operators that are listening something really valuable that they're really great at. Your story just highlighted, I think, what you're going to talk to us a little bit about because, you know, most people don't have that type of experience where they come into the campground space and they think, I know who my customer is going to be. I know what the campground, like the positioning of the campground, the value proposition, all that. It's the opposite. And and then figure out what a honey wagon is, right? It's actually the flip side. It's a reverse. So from my experience talking to campground owners um, over the last decade, the majority of them have campground operations knowledge yes, in some way or another, whether it was in another space and they're like, oh, well, you know, we're handy and we're, you know, we have that um, trades background. A lot of people come from a trades background or whatever. And they have that operations knowledge. They may have the camping knowledge, the RVing knowledge, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is they open up a campground and they're like, now, how do I market this? Right. Like if the people don't just come on their own and then it's like, oh, my gosh, I know how to run a campground, but I don't know how to do Google ads and I don't know how to do social media and I don't know how to do promotions or whatever. Uh, You're kind of the flip of that. You came in with that marketing, you know, head and an idea of this brand and then you had to figure out the operations. So you're such a um, knowledgeable person about how to lead with brand. And I think you've come through on that, right? Like I knew, I did not know you and I knew what the Spacious Skies brand was. Like, how did you manage that, right? You got in front of me very early on, just me keeping tabs on things. You got your name out there. And then I knew somehow what you were up to without ever having a conversation. Right. So that tells me that you knew exactly what you wanted to be and you managed to get your message out there to the consumer. So like to the people listening that do struggle with that, like just give some of your most helpful, actionable tips, like where to start, right? You, you know, everybody knows how to write a business plan, right? How do you start creating a brand? It starts with what I like refer to as my manifesto. It, it starts with like a free write almost. And it is uh, this document now that I have that I think everybody should have that outlines like what you stand for, who you dream your customer to be. It, it, it's not just, you know, out of your head. It should like include research and 
um, knowing like who the demographics are of the people within a two hour radius of your campground. Um, it should reflect, uh, you know, things that you can like make happen and things that you can, uh, for lack of a better term, like afford, like if your brand, like if you can't afford to overly amenitize your, your property and like put in a Wibbit or put in a giant water slide or put in like, then your brand should be more of like things that you can offer. Like in our case, it's, it's these intangibles. So from the get-go, this manifesto includes service as being a part of like the brand, customer service and this like personal feel to it. It has manifested itself into, you know, pleasing visuals for sure. Like if you look at, at you know, logos across the board, um, for sure, like a brand is is going to like lean heavily on the visual representation of it. And so we made sure that our visuals were were pleasing, were simple, um, you know, not too uh, just like complicated um, that represented what the product is you know it's like a camping right <laughs> so if you go to spaciousguyscampgrounds.com you're gonna see all the stuff that Allie's talking about right now and and you're gonna see dark colors right yes. like I've noticed that right and yeah. if you're watching this on if you're listening to this and not watching this on YouTube you don't know that Allie's wearing a shirt with stars on Always <laughs> dark, which right brand. you're representing your brand yeah That's which right. I knew the second our cameras turned on and I was like yeah she's really got yeah. this dialed in <laughs> yes and and I'm glad that you pointed that out because we are using like the night sky and like the evening time um you know in our visual representations because that is so far sort of a differentiation from the other brands in the space that focus on like the daytime elements of camping and and you know daytime activity um and it can like differentiation can be as simple as that like what do you do differently or like how can you position yourself that's like slightly different than your competitors and how can you you know say that like you know they do this this way and we do it this way um, so, so pinpointing what that is, is a big part of developing your brand and leaning into that. Um, and, uh, you know, just back to, you know, sort of like the visual elements and what that can translate into, we, uh, try to make, um, you know, camping at a spacious guys campgrounds or, or um, like envisioning camping at a spacious guys campgrounds seem more exciting before people got there by really highlighting things like, um, like our, our branded merchandise, for example. So mm -hmm. like we, everybody knows that in your camp store, if you are selling branded goods, like that is a, like a physical, tangible, collectible memento for your, your campers to, you know, take with them and, and say, oh, I remember like my experience here. And so um, we were very uh, intentional about not just like creating those items, but like showcasing them um, on social media, of course, and like on our website and, um, like making sure that that visual or, or that collectible was something that like, oh, well, you know, if I go camping there, I can, I can get that. And, and that was something that, you know, is physical, tangible, um, you know, version of like what the brand represents. Um, and 
And every one of our campgrounds has its own unique icon that fits into the greater Spacious Skies logo. And I, you know, I, or I would invite everyone to, you know, please visit our website and sort of see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, the the logo of the brand of the company um, has different like segments in it, and one of the middle segments changes out for each campground, and it represents like very simplistically something that is unique about that campground and about that campground story. So it so, might be the Spanish moss or right. something mm-hmm. like that, right? Exactly. Spanish moss or a moose. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can guess which date that's from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do we and- have? I haven't seen the one from Dorothy, New Jersey. We, we're, we're Jersey girls here on this podcast. Yes, What's, I have to see that one. I have to notice. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, well, that one's an acorn because of the okay. country oaks, yeah. the oak okay. trees right. that are there. And yeah. Um, so they are, and, and we try to make them like nature themed. So it's going to be an animal or a plant. Um, so it's not, you know, too crazy. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, uh, just really like leaning into the like top three things that you can say, like my brand is this, this, and this it's clarity of, of, of your message. Um, and, so, and simplicity, right? Like three right. is three. You should be able to say three things, right? right. And keep mm-hmm. it simple. And you have those three and you know they're clear. And then you can stack a bunch of things under that, right? That's like right. your pins or your merch or, right. you know, things like yes. that, that go along with that. And you can iterate on that. It doesn't all have to happen in one day, right? right. That you develop all those things, but those three things right. stay the same. Exactly. And I will say that, like, if you don't have a marketing, you know, background or degree or anything, like, it, it go with what you know, and like we do that too. Like our brand includes things that are from our personal life because it's what we know. I mean, not only is like our product, uh, what we like in in mm-hmm. camping and like what we enjoy as a camping family, but you know, we put little. Uh, you have a dog. Make make your your dog a, a part of your visuals. Like our our dogs are are some of our logos for our right. um you know our our loyalty program and and our chatbot. Um you know uh, I, our our kids grace our photos um and because they're easy models and they're literally actively camping and doing the things that you want people to see in your materials and and so that they can envision you know their families camping there. So it's like. And the, the the night sky themed as well. I mean, that is a differentiator in the way that I was saying, you know, describing before. But like before, I wanted to be an opera singer. I wanted to be an astronaut. And so, like this is so like satisfying to me. Yeah. This is like a personal passion. Is is astronomy. So it's like, well, it's, you know I, it's very on trend and you did it before the, a lot of that data started to come out where night skies started to really gain a lot of steam in yeah. the campground space. Right. Um, I think, you know, yes, you probably had some of your, like, you probably felt that and had your pulse on that a little bit, but at the same time, there's probably a little bit of kismet here, right? That like, (laughs) now we're going, we're going into this year where the solar eclipse is the biggest booking item, right? Right, (laughs) And you happen to have this like celestial branding on your campground. That is a little bit of of fate for sure. Um, But 
Yes. Yes. I think that um, keeping your pulse on what is a trend, um, I, I mean, it's sort of like easier said than done too, yeah. right? Because what, you don't, you're not going to be following, you can't be chasing trends no, with your no. business model and with your marketing, but what you, with your, or your manifesto, right? But what you yeah. can do is you can chase those trends with very, lightweight kinds of actions, right? Where yeah. you're now marketing in your social, right? Right. You got right. no skin. In it. What, you can pivot in your social very easily, right? And exactly. you're going, oh, people are really interested in experiences right now. So then highlight the experiences around your campground, right? Like, So yeah, exactly. you don't want to chase trends with your actual wallet, I think. No, that's exactly <laughs> what I, yes. And exactly <laughs> what I was touching on before. You do not want to chase anything that is like outside of your bounds. Right. Um, but yeah, exactly. As you said, there, there are things that are free ish and, and you should for sure, like be keeping up on, on what people are responding to and, and, um, reacting to. Yeah. Another example in your campgrounds, I heard you mention earlier, you were mentioning the, um, accommodations, right. That were on site. And I was thinking of that trend of, um, multi-generational camping. So you, you know, you had said, oh, people can stay there if they're not, they don't really know. Well, a lot of the time, it's people that want to go camping with right. people they know, with campers right. or whatever, and they don't have their own yet. And so you say, right. oh, come along. I mean, we camp with people all the time. We're in our RV and we say, hey, just rent a cabin. Right. Right. And they do it. So that, and, or, or, you know, grandparents who may not have, and they can come along. So that multi-generational trend, like knowing how you can lean into that with your accommodations and say, bring, you know, Nan and Pop along. Yeah, <laughs> and true. that's an easy marketing tactic without, you're not spending any money, right? That's you're not right. chasing the trend. You're just being aware that this is something that people are interested in. That's exactly right. And, you know, our, uh, the manifesto to bring that up again, I mean, that has always included this really broad uh, stroke um, view of, of our customer base. We We intended to be something that was attractive to multiple generations to the new camper to the experienced camper um to everybody on like you know sort of every spectrum uh, political or or religious or otherwise like something that is but there are i think uh certain geographies or certain markets where you should be more um targeted than that um right. and and so like knowing that if you're in in Florida you're probably not going to want to um you know like and invest in things that that children right really right. love mm -hmm. um and and knowing that you are playing up to your mature audience right right so tweaking your your model your inclusion model exactly. based, based on <laughs> yeah. who needs to be included That's right. <laughs> in That's the right. in the various spaces. Exactly. I, love. Exactly. I love it. All right. Well, that was super helpful, Ali. Thank you so much. Now, I want to before we go dive into our lightning round. Are you ready to answer some questions? I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So here we go. Um. What was the biggest mistake you made as a brand new campground owner? I think that the biggest mistake we made, oh gosh, um, was raising rates too quickly when we came in um, in a few instances. That is 
I would never recommend really adjusting rates crazily, even if you think that your area competitors are getting, you know, more than what the campground that you're coming into is getting. That was a, a big mistake in a, in a few um, locations. And we are course correcting, you know, we've had to course correct for that. So Right. Um, Maybe not understanding campers, right? It's like that difference right. of campers from other kinds of hospitality areas. That's yeah, right. <laughs> you guys right. are quick learners. All right. What is your absolute favorite thing about being a campground owner now? It is hands down being able to like be in the memories of all of the campers that, that come through our doors. Um, I think that we hosted, gosh, like, 80 or 90,000 campers uh, this year. So I just, uh, the, the stat was just coming up for us, but we've hosted a ton of campers is, is really my point. And that is spectacular. And that is what drives our, our whole entire team is knowing that we are like giving these lifetime memories to everybody that comes camp- camping with us. Yeah. It's a special industry to be in that way. All right. But, but what is your absolute, your least favorite thing about owning campgrounds. <laughs> I, gosh, I think. You can't say nothing. <laughs> I know I can't say nothing. I think my, like, it's realizing that, um, you know, something like an idea that I want to work will not work mm-hmm. at a particular location. Like, whether that is um, like a marketing strategy or um, like a new uh, t- type of service or amenity. I'm trying to think of like a more concrete example, but just like having to about face mm-hmm. is jarring. And, you know, especially if it goes against what I personally. Your vision. Like You're not in charge of everything. Is that everything. your, so your answer is I'm not in charge of everything. <laughs> it, it is like whatever disturbs my control freak. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I see you on that. <laughs> I see you. Okay. Would you ever build a campground? We might. And the, I, at, at this time, no, it's not in the cards. We really like coming into an existing campground. We really like our turnaround projects. We feel like passionate about like we we look at it as like saving campgrounds. Like if we were not to be the ones to come into uh, a campground that needs a lot of work, like what would happen to it? Maybe it has like ten years left on it, and then it's just like this rotting infrastructure. So we like love coming in and transforming an existing campground. Um, so as of this time, we have no So plans. never say never. Never say never. Never, never, say, never say never to anything, no. All right, all right. Dynamic pricing or no? Uh, yes, and we, um, but not in like as simplistic a way as like, all right, we're going to raise 10% when occupancy hits this. Like it is nuanced. We believe in in making it work at the, the sense level um, because that really makes an impact um, for for us and we are able to, you know, take whatever is is optimized and like put it back into the campground. So we are fans of it if you do it right. Okay. Uh promotional pricing or no? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all day. Oh, so, you know, you, Allie, Allie, have you been in the campground industry to know long enough to know that um, sales are controversial? <laughs> they never used to exist. <laughs> I, I think that I, yes, I get 
I get inklings of that in store <laughs> from from the long long term campground owners, but we love a promo. All right, what review can you not shake off? That is such a great question. You mean like in a negative yeah. way? Or, yeah, or yeah, 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 in a negative way. I think that there's one where because I'm not usually called out by name because I have you know limited times. Right. Working the campgrounds myself. But I have for sure, especially the first year, year and a half where we were just really getting up and running. And I would have to go be like one of two employees on a holiday weekend. And there was one review where I was the, you know, one of two employees Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and we had found ourselves in a position where we, we, the, the the person that we thought was going to open the pool didn't open the pool. And so we were trying to open the pool and it was just awful because <laughs> you can't not have a pool on Memorial yeah. Day weekend. But um, we worked, me and this other team member, like tirelessly to try and get the pool open. We finally get it open like by the last day of the weekend. And we knew that it wasn't satisfying. But there was a review that like called me out by name, you know, saying that like she promised that we would have a pool of a Memorial Day weekend in the last days. So it's the ones where you're working so hard and you're still called out. (laughs) I tried. I tried. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. Um, What have you not been able to hand off to an employee of Spacious Skies Campground? Like what one task or what you are just holding on to it? I am holding on to (laughs) uh recording our um headquarters phone number phone menu right now Uh. it is a robot's voice we had one of our like beautiful voiced team members do the phone menus for our campgrounds but i'm like no i'm gonna do the headquarters you're gonna do it (laughs) and you haven't yet you're later so if you call the main number it's still a robot all right, everybody, call that number because we got to hear this robot that Allie insists is better than anyone else but her. It's just, oh gosh. All right. And the last one what is the thing that people get most wrong about what it means to be a campground owner? I think that in like our circle of campground owners, I don't know, for us, that it's like all about the money and like, corporate greed um, because it couldn't be further from the truth. Like this, I think, you know, we were touching on it earlier. Like this is not the like investment to make easy money off of. So like everything that we do is so much more intentional than that and is not like for a quick money grab. It's, It's because we're trying to do things like intelligently to keep not just like the lights on, but keep making the experiences better and better every year. So like when you, and this is, this is across the board, not just for like multi-part owners, but like when you have to raise the rate, um, you know, from one year to the next or, um, you know, when you're, whatever it is, or you have to offer some, something as like a new service and it maybe it used to be free, but now it, it can't be for whatever reason. Like that's not for selfish money grabs. And and I know all my fellow campground owners can appreciate that. You got to do it. You got to keep the lights on. 
Yeah, well, that was a great one to end on because I think you went right for that. Like, I mean, that was just, <laughs> you went right in there. You dove right in. <laughs> and I think that that was, um, that's a really meaningful take on some of the things that, you know, campground owners work so hard. They give so much effort. And they feel like a lot of that is invisible labor and invisible care. And I mean, I know I, not a campground owner, most likely never will be, but just from being around so many campground owners over the last decade, that's the thing that stands out to me the most, which is one of the reasons why I have this show now, because I just think it's great to get the voice of the campground owner out there and talking to each other. So, Allie, thank you so much for being on the show and helping me kick it off. Thank you for having me. It was an honor to be an early guest. (laughs) Yes. And you will always have that stature (laughs) on Campground Confidential by Park Vendor Review. Everybody, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Campground Confidential from Park Vendor Review. If you are a campground owner, operator, manager, or employee, make sure to sign up at parkvendorreview.com to search for vendors, read and write reviews, and access our library of resources. If you are a vendor in the outdoor hospitality space, head over to parkvendorreview.com and claim your listing today. We'll be back with another episode of Campground Confidential, but until then, visit us at parkvendorreview.com where we make vendor decisions simple.